The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. Here's your chance to invest in the kingdom. One day when we leave this world, it's all staying behind. But what will matter is what we do for the kingdom. We all want to go before the Father and hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Welcome to First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd. We're going to meet Morty Lloyd in just a few moments. Morty is an avid pilot who's also a pastor and vice president of a missions organization. So stay with us and we'll get started in just a moment. A special thank you to our loyal listeners and the radio stations that carry these weekly conversations. We're also seeing a growing number of you taking advantage of our website and free smartphone app. The app is available in your app store and enables you to download any program for on-demand listening. Just search for the First Person Interview app. Of course, all of this is made possible through the support of the Far East Broadcasting Company, which is found online at febc.org. So check out that website and learn more, febc.org. I met this week's guest about a year ago when he joined the staff of Mission Eurasia. More about this ministry later, but Morty Lloyd is a man of many interests, all focused on getting the gospel message proclaimed to as many as we can. Among his interests is a lifelong passion for flying, and that's where our conversation begins. Well, I grew up in aviation. Uh, my father uh, was a pilot. who was a commercial pilot. He was the local Cessna dealer. Uh, he owned a flight school as well. So I've been flying since I was two weeks old. Uh, <laughs> okay. it, it's, in, it's in my DNA. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> There's no escaping it. Yeah. But I've always had a love of aviation, love for flying. And uh, it, it's interesting how that has led me through life. Yeah. Well, what's a nice guy from Chattanooga, Tennessee, doing up in the air so much? And and so many different, I mean, you have experience with lots of different aircraft. How did that all come about? Well, I really give God the, the credit. Um, I was um, given the opportunity to get involved in the air show industry. And for 20 years, uh, I was an air show director. I did air shows here in Chattanooga, and that's how I got my start. And then um, I helped I did contract work with other air shows around the United States. Uh, I was on the board of directors for the International Council of Air Shows, uh, as well as their foundation. So I've been very, very involved in the air show industry. Uh, through that, I've gotten to fly in a variety of aircraft. I've gotten to fly with the Blue Angels. Uh, I've gotten to fly an F-16. I uh, got to fly an F-4 Phantom with General Steve Ritchie, uh, who was the only Air Force ace in Vietnam, huh. uh, and, and I've flown a, a variety of jets from MiG, a MiG-15 to a MiG-21, uh, F-104 Starfighter uh, to uh, gliders. I'm, huh. I'm a glider pilot as well, as well as a seaplane pilot. Well, you're going to have to slow down to talk to us here today. You realize that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, flying those fighter jets, that, that's got to be, that's quite a skill. It is an unbelievable rush. It is just incredible. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's um, You really have to think ahead of the aircraft because uh, a lot's happening very, very quickly. Yeah. And uh, but, but I've had the opportunity a couple of times to go supersonic, and that was a whole lot of fun. Oh, boy. Wow. Well, we could spend the whole time talking about that, but you're such an interesting guy. I want to talk about some other things in your life as okay. well. In addition to being the, you know, having a commercial pilot license and all the flying that you do, 
And by the way, the, the the plane that you fly very often is the kind that has the parachute. Is that is that Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yes. My wife and I own a Cirrus SR twenty two. It's uh, is the airplane that's known to have the built in parachute. So if you're having a really bad day, yeah. <laughs> you pull a red handle, a gigantic parachute pops out. You don't know this airplane. from experience, though, do you? Oh, no, 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 okay. no not right. yet. I hope to never know it from experience, yeah. but it's a nice uh, thing to have in your hip pocket if you need it. That's amazing. Wow. Well, uh, again, we could talk about that stuff for a long time, but you are also a pastor and you are yes. also vice president of development for Mission Eurasia, something that's very close and dear to my heart, you know. Yes, uh, as yes. I am a uh, unpaid volunteer for Mission Eurasia, and uh, love working with uh, Sergey Rakuba and the ministry there. We'll talk about that later. Tell me about this being a pastor of a church at the same time you're doing all the rest of this stuff. Well, I have a degree in theology, and uh, so I, I don't draw a salary from the church. Uh, the church um, is, is something God called me to 26 years ago. So. Uh, I helped start this church. This was a church plant, but it's a non-denominational church here in Chattanooga uh, called Chattanooga Church. And so I uh, I do a fair amount of preaching on Sundays, and my wife and I lead a small group uh, at our home, and uh, it's it's something we enjoy. But uh, my work with Mission Eurasia is my full-time vocation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Tell me about growing up in Chattanooga. You have quite a local history there, and also about coming to Christ as a as a young man, I assume? Yes, yes. Well, uh, I grew up in the church. Um, my parents uh, were well-known here in the Chattanooga community. My father was a, a television broadcaster, uh-huh. so he was Chattanooga's very first television broadcaster. His name? Uh, back, Mort Lloyd. Uh-huh. And uh, he uh, was a uh, broadcaster in the late 50s. And he ran for Congress, uh, was unfortunately killed in a tragic plane accident, um, and my mother took over. She finished the election and served in Congress for 20 years. So So, you you were a young person at this point? Yes, yes. I was uh, 10 years old. My father passed away. Okay, so did you live in D.C. during that time? Part of the time, yes. Lived in D.C. and uh, lived in Chattanooga, went back and forth from D.C. to Chattanooga on the weekends. Uh, um, it was a, a fun, very interesting way to grow up. I bet, yeah. But my uh, my childhood mentor after my father passed away was uh, a gentleman named Gene Arnold, and uh, he uh, was the minister in our church, and he would smuggle Bibles into the Iron Curtain countries. And to me, it was kind of this whole intrigue of, wow, he's kind of like a James Bond sort of guy, but at the same time, a missionary. So I always loved hearing his annual presentations, and that was really what helped develop a love for the the Slavic people uh, and all that they have endured for the cause of Christ. Hmm. So when did you come to Christ? I came to Christ uh, when I was 18 years old. I Like I say, I grew up in the church. Um, and, but really my senior year in high school, uh, developed a relationship with Jesus, uh, surrendered my heart to him. And, and it was shortly thereafter, God called me into the ministry. So, uh, I've got a degree in theology, but my background is aviation. So I am a commercial pilot and have a number of aviation ratings. Uh, so it's a a very broad mixture of, Mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, things involved in my life, but it are all things that I very much love and am very much passionate about. Yeah, and for many who are aware of Mission Aviation Fellowship, you worked with MAF for a while, didn't you? I did, I did. And actually, it was the air show background that got me into fundraising because um, for 20 years as an air show director, I was responsible for fundraising. So I would have to go out and, and sell uh, sponsorships to the air shows. So I began fundraising for 20 years through that. And then one day I had an invitation from John Boyd, the former president at MAF. Mm-hmm. And he invited me to MAF day at the big Oshkosh air show air venture. And uh, so I went, uh, that started a one year conversation about the need to get the message of MAF out throughout the Southeast. So a year later, I was hired by MAF to be a development officer. So for seven years, I served as a development officer, uh, initially representing MAF in the southeastern U.S., and then the southeast and northeast, everything from Maine to Florida, and then eventually ended up with the southwest and the southeast. So I had everything from Colorado and Wyoming to the Carolinas. Which was no problem because you were flying anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. I used my airplane a lot. So <laughs> I would fly and go visit donors, and, and really it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It, it uh, gave me a chance to uh, use my aviation skills for God's glory. A lot of respect for MAF. John Boyd was actually on this program years ago when he was president of MAF. And uh, I, made, I made a trip out to Boise. Uh, to yeah. sit and talk with him, and uh, it was a it was a, a fun conversation. So that's buried deep in the audio archive of the program here somewhere. <laughs> People can listen to that if they like. But we've had such broad experience in aviation as a pastor, trained in theology, fundraising. This is this is an interesting time for people involved in fundraising. What are some of the thoughts you've had about uh, this whole COVID era? You know, it has really um, thrown a curveball at everyone, and in the fundraising world. Uh, my wife is a fundraiser as well for the Ronald McDonald House, but for all of us in the fundraising industry, uh, our challenge is how do we replace events? Because all organizations, ministries, nonprofits are very dependent upon events to bring people in. So at Mission Eurasia, we've said, we've got to think outside the box. Let's be creative. And the blessing that has come out of COVID-19 is that it's it's put me at home. I'm, I've been sitting behind a computer for seven months. You and everybody else, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but I've, I've spent my time on the phone with donors and really getting to know them because uh, I've been the vice president of development at Mission Eurasia for a year now. My previous seven years were at MAF, uh, but I've worked uh, with Mission Eurasia now for a year, and, and it's really given me the chance to build some relationships, to get to know people, uh, to get to understand their affinities. What is it that excites them about the work of Mission Eurasia? So uh, I've been very blessed. It, it's been a, a good time um, to really share and, and delve into the lives of, of individuals. But as people have begun to feel a little more comfortable now, I've started traveling and I've started meeting with some of our, our supporters and um, I just got back from a trip last week to Chicago. So I had very, very good meetings in Chicago. And, um, you know, we're just trying to be super careful because these are difficult times. We'll continue to get to know Morty Lloyd on this edition of First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Stay with us. 
we don't ask God to put an end to these challenging days, because we are seeing so many people turn to the Lord now. And for that, we are very grateful. When people are anxious, sick, or confused, they have a deep need that only God can meet. FEBC is dedicated to taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. To learn more, please visit febc.org, the Far East Broadcasting Company, until all have heard. My guest is Morty Lloyd. Morty is the Vice President of Development for Mission Eurasia. Uh, I want to talk about Mission Eurasia, which, again, is very near and dear to my heart. And then I want to talk more about this whole season of giving that we're in now. Of course, not just the uh, coronavirus giving time, but here we are between Thanksgiving and Christmas as well. So a lot of uh, attention is being given to giving. Um, But talk to me about Mission Eurasia. Um, I, I want our listeners to understand what really is going on here. Of course, the original name of the organization was Peter Dynica Russian Ministries. And we changed the name a few years ago, and uh, we still are very much involved in that region of the world. Yes. Uh, Mission Eurasia represents, uh, well, they go throughout 13 countries in the former Soviet Union, plus Israel. Uh, It's a very diverse ministry where our focus is to train the next generation of church leadership. Um, Our model is different. We don't focus on sending Western missionaries, Americans, Canadians, over to that part of the world. Our focus is let's train the nationals to do that work because they're much, much more invested than we ever will be in their church. So we have a program called School Without Walls. It's a two-year program where we train uh, young people, uh, mainly college-age people, to become that next generation of church leadership. So when they graduate this program at the end of the two-year period, they've got the skills, they've got the training, they need to go forward and to grow and to lead the church throughout uh, the former Soviet Union. Yeah, uh, for someone my age, we we think of what happened with Glasnost and the the, falling apart of the Soviet uh, Union as relatively recently. But we're talking about a whole generation of people that, that that's all they've known is that, that freedom and, and what to do with that freedom. That they, you know, they were born after all of that happened. They were, but, but many Americans think that, well, um, the, the Iron Curtain has fallen and people in these countries have freedoms. And that's not necessarily the case because uh, we know today, uh, especially in Russia, um, you know, Things are very difficult for Christians. Uh, These Christians really suffer. They struggle. But it's so inspiring to go there, to go to Russia or Ukraine. I was in Ukraine with Sergei in January. And to hear these stories of people saying, well, my father or my grandfather was sent to Siberia as a punishment for being a follower of Jesus, but I'm willing to do the same. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, this is, a, this is a generation of young people who are eager to learn. And uh, we find that they don't often know how to share their faith in the marketplace. If they're a pro- young professional, right. for instance, a, a teacher, uh, even a lawyer or a doctor, they want to share their faith, but they don't know how. And that's, uh, that's a big part of this Next Generation Leadership Program. Yes, the Next Generation Leadership Program is a program that takes 
professionals. It takes business owners. It takes teachers. It takes doctors, lawyers, uh, CPAs, people that are respected professionals in their field, and it gives them the skills they need to go out and share their faith, like you mentioned. Um, so if the church there is going to stand on its own two feet, uh, Mission Eurasia is a, a helpful part of that equation because we are helping train the next generation of leadership. We're equipping business professionals so that they can help financially support mm -hmm. the work that's going on in these countries so that in the long term, they're not going to be dependent on Western funds. Yeah, that's so very, very important. Of course, there's also some humanitarian aid that goes along with this as well. Uh, there is a, um, a program at Christmas time of making sure that children have what they need. Uh, talk about that for just a moment. Oh, listen, our Gift of Hope program at Mission Eurasia is absolutely incredible. We give each child a gift. It's um, a box that has um, a children's Bible, most importantly, in their language. And we have uh, Christmas items, toys. We have hygiene items that will be a part of it this year because of the COVID-19 crisis. Um, we have toothbrush, toothpaste. So what we do, our program is structured so that the boxes are printed in each of these countries. We're going to do it in 12 countries this year. So they're printed in those countries. The items are purchased in those countries. And then the local church is responsible for not only buying the items, but to pack the boxes and help distribute them. Yeah. That's an important distinction. It's not just a handout uh, no, from someone no. in America, uh, you know, packing a box and sending it off. It, it really is giving the resources to the church on the ground in these countries who can have a greater impact through personal relationship. Absolutely. I was privileged uh, to go with Sergey uh, in January to help distribute these boxes because we we give them out at their Christmas, which is the Russian Orthodox Christmas in early, early January. January. So, yeah. yeah, so we we had the chance to hand these children these boxes, and these boxes are designed to help lead them to Christ. Because what that does is the children come into the local village church or the church in that community, the the pastors within that church are getting to know these families. They're inviting and encouraging the children to come be a part of the children's ministry. They're inviting the teens, come be a part of our youth program. And then we follow that up with our summer Bible camps. Mm -hmm. uh, this year, we put over 16,000 kids through our summer Bible camps. <laughs> Just incredible. Um, this year with our Christmas uh, Gift of Hope project, we're planning to reach uh, a large, large number of kids. Uh, we, we're targeting 125,000 children uh, this Christmas. So we, we, we've seen the results. We've been doing this program for a number of years, and it has borne a lot of fruit for the kingdom. Yes, and we'll put information about the gift of hope on our uh, website, firstpersoninterview.com. And, of course, uh, there is so much good being done by so many different organizations around the world, and we, want, we love to bring attention uh, to those who are doing a great job, and I think Mission Eurasia is one of those. But let's, let's take a bigger picture look here 
at giving. And uh, just talk to me. A lot of giving is done at year end, of course. Uh, a lot of giving is based on the stock market as, uh, as, as larger gifts sometimes come from those who have portfolios. And this can be a, this can be a tough year for many ministries. Well, it can be, but um, we're thankful that we have had a number of supporters as well as foundations that have really uh, been very, very generous throughout this COVID crisis. One of the greatest blessings I have is getting to work with people who are so generous. I, I work with very wealthy people, and there's a huge difference between someone who believes that this is my money. I earned it. It's I've done all these great things in my career and it's my money versus someone who says, this is a gift of God. Uh, God has blessed me with these resources to invest in the yeah, kingdom. I have a responsibility here. Exactly. Exactly. And I love Proverbs eleven twenty five. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched and the one who waters will himself be watered. But whoever brings blessing will be enriched. And that's the kind of life that generous people have. Mm -hmm. And it's my privilege to meet with people whose passions and affinities are aligned with the work of Mission Eurasia. And when you can sit down with someone and you can present a need and allow them to bless other people through their generosity, it blesses them more than it blesses anyone else. Yeah, but none of us, regardless of what size gift we give, ought to feel inferior. I mean, anyway, because um, let's face it, those small gifts add up, and we really need gifts of all sizes to any ministry. We'll tell you this, right? Absolutely. We have a program at Mission Eurasia called Kingdom Builders, and there are people that give $10 a month or $20 a month or $50 a month, And those gifts are just as important as the large gifts, because many times those people who are giving those $10, $10 gifts, it may be the widow's last mite. And out of that abundance of generosity, that person is making a sacrifice with that $10 a month gift. And we're so thankful for all the gifts that God brings our way. I've always loved the thought. I think uh, D.L. Moody is credited with this, among others, that when you are um, the recipient of many small gifts, it keeps you more tied to the people you're serving. It does. It really does. Um, You know, when you look at Romans chapter 12, you see seven spiritual gifts there. And one of those is giving. Here's your chance to invest in the kingdom because we can't take any of this stuff with us. One day when we leave this world, it's all staying behind. But what will matter is what we do for the kingdom. Amen. We all want to go before the Father and hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Our guest has been Morty Lloyd, Vice President of Development at Mission Eurasia, as well as a pastor and a pilot, as we learned. For more about Morty and the ministry of Mission Eurasia, please visit our website, firstpersoninterview.com. These interviews are for the purpose of meeting people from all walks of life who share the common goal of advancing God's kingdom with their lives and as a witness for Jesus Christ and His work in their life. You can choose from a list of hundreds of interviews available at our website, firstpersoninterview.com. Click on the Listen button for a drop-down list of past programs. We're grateful for the help of the Far East Broadcasting Company in producing this program. Learn more about FEBC when you visit febc.org. 
Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to First Person. Thank you.